especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. At Dietz & Watson, we've spent over 75 years focusing on the details. This can be traced back to our founder, Gottlieb Dietz, who learned how to make Franks and sausages the right way in Germany. Today, each one of our delicious offerings is meticulously crafted using perfected details. Because if it isn't good enough for our family, it isn't good enough for yours. To us, the details make all the difference. With more clarity, this is Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, Philadelphia. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Word TV. We're streaming live video of this conversation right now. Tune in on YouTube at On Word or on Facebook at Forward. Word TV. Black Talk Media. would probably let this play for a while because I'm just always like Mandrill so you know as we used to call him the drill alright so um, in a few minutes and without further without further delay we are going to have uh, Kelsey Nelson who is uh, who is a fine journalist, multimedia journalist with uh, Fox Sports Radio in the D.C. area, and we're going to talk, we're going to kind of break down these NFL playoffs and a lot of other things that are going on in sports. Uh, Kelsey, are you with us? I'm excited to talk sports with you. Oh, okay. Well, you are here. Well, good. Well, you know, the, the play, and the, the thing is, you, 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 you're in the DCA, so that means you, you're a part of my NSC East network and all that. What's been, I got, before we start with the playoffs, I got to find out what's been the reaction to the hiring of, of Ron Rivera as the coach of the Washington Redskins. And, um, and what do you think that's going to mean? Are the Red, I mean, a lot of people are saying that, you know, even in spite of Daniel Snyder, that, the, you know, maybe the Redskins are coming back. Yeah, let me tell you. So I've been on multiple shows now talking about this. There's a lot of excitement now. It's not as strong as I think it could be because you have to remember after this season and all that happened with Jay Gruden and Bill Callahan having to step in, I think Redskins fans are hoping that Ron Rivera is the answer and he's the one that's proven and that they've seen uh, success with, of course, most recently with the Carolina Panthers. But let me tell you, I think people know he means serious business. All right. So already there's been reports and speculations at the ping pong table that was basically infamously in the Redskins locker room, kind of jokingly uh, for players to have fun is like gone. Um, And then we keep talking about this word culture, Chris, and the culture has been something that's been a problem in Washington. It's not hidden. Dan Snyder has said that even though Bruce Allen thought it was great, maybe that's why Bruce Allen is now gone. Um, He talked about culture change. And right now people are sick and tired of being sick and tired here in Washington, D.C. Three and 13 season at the Washington Redskins just finished a strong disappointment because people want to get back to those glory days of Washington. Ron Rivera talked about it here. I mean, he said he wants a Super Bowl. Not saying we're going that far yet here in Washington, right? We have to be believable. But already he talked about accountability. I think that accountability will go with the culture change. And I think we know now that players will have to be accountable uh, for everything that they do. And if they want to see playing time, and that includes quarterback Dwayne Haskins, you're going to have to put the work ethic in and the work product on the field. And I think that's finally something that fans are getting behind um, and they're, they're saying I think Ron Rivera just might be the answer here in Washington. I was going to ask about Dwayne Haskins because um, you know he came in highly touted draft pick and then I don't think Gruden really wanted him there as as a draft pick but I think Daniel Snyder kind of pushed him there. 
what has has his development been like, and how much has he? I mean, is he a threat to really do something? I saw a couple of games before he got hurt. He looked okay. He looked like he was doing right. well against the Giants. What what's up? What's his situation? What are they saying behind the scenes about Dwayne Haskins? Does he have the work ethic to 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 kind of fit in with what? Um, with what Ron Rivera might be might be getting into when he when he fully takes the reins of the coaching position. Yeah, that's a great question. So let me tell you, first off, Dwayne Haskins has a lot of support here in this area, of course, because he has ties to this area. So people were very excited when he was first drafted by the Washington Redskins. And of course, we saw his play with the Buckeyes. Um, But I think there were questions around him. I think his development has been slower uh, than the Washington Redskins wanted. You have to remember, Dwayne Haskins is coming to a Redskins team that has struggled to find a franchise type of quarterback. The last time I think Washington was really excited about a quarterback was the RG3 era days. All right. And then we saw what happened with that. So Dwayne Haskins has stepped in and I think you're right. He improved towards the end of the season before that injury, but not as fast as people wanted. And then, of course, there's questions about is he serious? Uh, Some of the off field stuff, people saying that he's more into the lifestyle of an NFL player. Of course, everyone still talks about that selfie he ended up taking with fans. Yeah, uh, that that was bad. That (laughs) That was crazy, right? Missed the whole play. Missed the whole play. So I think people are still saying he's young and he needs to step up. And if you heard Ron Rivera's press conference, he talked about bringing he talked about veteran leadership uh, that can help Haskins develop. And he said he doesn't think Haskins is going to develop overnight. He understands that. And I think that should be a wake up call to Haskins to, again, see if he wants his future to be serious with the Washington Redskins, that he needs to put the work in. Because I'll also tell you, Chris, that people here are wondering if the Cincinnati Bengals will bungle something with that first pick. And if Joe Burrow is still available, Washington Redskins at the number two pick, who knows? Um, you know, I, I think that's mm. highly unlikely because Joe Burrow's just special, special, special. So if the Cincinnati Bengals didn't go that way, I'd be highly surprised. I would um, be highly but Dwayne surprised Haskins, <laughs> But there's questions still. So I think he still has a lot to prove. But I still think fans are still wishing for the best for him. So he still has some support here in this area. Okay, let's let's break down these these playoffs. I mean, the Eagles, our Philadelphia Eagles, as we're in Philly, um, are in the playoffs against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. The NFC East has been the worst division in pro football, given the fact that <laughs> three coaches, three of the coaches are gone. Three of the coaches have started the year in the division, including Jason Garrett in Dallas. I want to talk about that. But, you know, this, this, you know, do the Eagles have a chance? I'm asking people outside of Philadelphia because a lot of us, we all believe that they have a shot. But, you know, given that Seattle um, is coming off an emotional loss to the 49ers on the road in San Francisco, a game they really should have won. I think the refs kind of came into that. Yeah. But do you, I mean, do, do, do you think that, you know, that the Eagles have a shot to beat the, uh, the, the Seahawks? I will say that's what makes the playoffs fun. I think they definitely have a shot. Um, but they are playing a Seahawks team. So, yes, I get it. Your Eagles have been, you know, red hot, right? Four-game winning streak. And you talked about against bad the Seahawks. Teams. <laughs> against bad teams, yes. We have to put that out there. And then the Seahawks come, you said, a game that they could have won, right? Less than a yard short of winning that winning that game in that NFC West title. Uh, but Russell Wilson, I mean, he's been something special, right? He's been up there in the ranks talking about MVP-worthy type of play uh, this season. And then the Seahawks are just a great, great team. Um, but I will say, if you do look at Russell Wilson, I do think if the Eagles' defense can step up, there will be a chance. Because if you look at the last couple of weeks, Russell Wilson has been facing a lot more pressure. And when he's facing pressure on those drop-back throws, and then the span of heat, his quarterback rating is just not the same. Those completion ratings are not the same. So I really think if the Eagles defense steps up, they will have a chance to win this game. But I'll tell you, I think the Seahawks are looking at Miami and they're hoping to get there. Uh, so it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot to stop them. But if Russell Wilson has an error-free game, I do think the Eagles will be in trouble. Okay. Well, that's that's true. And, that's and, and, and besides that, beast mode. Beast mode is back. Oh yes. <laughs> beast mode. What I mean, I mean the the thing about it. I mean, I, I saw I saw a little bit of Marshawn Lynch in the San Francisco game. I thought at times he looked good. I mean, but I wonder how much you know how much wear and tear he has on him. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder how much he has left. That's what we're all asking. And let me tell you, we're just excited because we all love Beast Mode, right? Like you saw when he stepped in for that first time. I mean, the stadium went crazy and who wouldn't? I mean, just so many memories with him. But I think we saw so far that, you know, it's hard to just kind of, as we say, like to say, like just come off the street and get back in the game. 
and act like everything's still going to be the same. So, I mean, we're hoping he still has enough left. He's, what, 33 years old? Yeah. Uh, but he hadn't played in 14 months. Think about it. If you do anything that you hadn't practiced in 14 months, you still might not be the same. That's but I think true. just him being there, his presence is what they're more excited about and that right. veteran leadership that he kind of brings. So I think he's going to contribute to the team, but not in the same way as before that we need to be smoked. Okay. Other playoff games tomorrow, um, today rather, you got in today's first game, you got Buffalo and Houston. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson is still probably one of the most exciting players in the league, but Houston seems to have issues in the playoffs the last couple of years, and the Colts beat them. And you can, they're taking on a Buffalo team that, that defensively is one of the best in the league. But mm-hmm. but they struggle with uh, Josh Allen at the quarterback position. How do you see that game coming up? I think that's going to be a good one. And I think you said it about the Texans. I think they've kind of been up and down uh, the season. But Deshaun Watson is special. Of course, you can't talk about this game without talking about star defensive end J.J. Watt, who even though he will probably be limited, I think just him being there again right. will be a presence. Um, and then, I, but we do have to talk about Will Fuller as well, right? right. He's expected not to play um, against Buffalo, and that's Deshaun Watson. I mean, when you, when you talk about his guy, and especially that deep ball attempt, like without him on the field, that kind of changes uh, their offense. But then, of course, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but the Bills' defense—it's hard to count out against them. And I do think, again, it's going to be a game if Deshaun Watson can be error-free. It's a game they could win. But I actually have Buffalo. Uh, beating the Texans. I just think the Texans have a little bit, a little bit too inconsistent. Um, but it'll be a fun one to watch, and I'm expecting big numbers from Deshaun Watson. So you got Buffalo. Okay, that's good. I you have got Buffalo. Buffalo in the, up in, in the win on the road. That, and that's, that's conceivable. That's a possible win there. I believe Tennessee can beat the New England Patriots tonight. I, I Me agree. too. And I think Derrick Henry has just been lights out uh, at this time of the year. Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position has done enough to keep them going and I and for some reason the Patriots just aren't even with even as good as their defenses I don't think the Patriots are in sync but then again you can never count the Patriots out right you, that's what it is that's what it is every year I feel like we're saying even if the Patriots aren't the same Patriots we can never count them out I mean they still have Tom Brady at the helm and say what you want about Tom Brady but he's still spectacular and I think if you think about it the Patriots defense is really what has gotten the job done this season but if you look at the Patriots losses they are beatable teams. I think back to that Ravens uh, game beating the Patriots. I think that's really when the world saw that this Patriots team could be beat and that they might, might not be guaranteed in the Super Bowl as we usually put them um, each year. Uh, I think, you know, Tom Brady is going to do another spectacular Tom Brady-esque type of performance. But I do think the Titans, I have them as the upset win uh, for this weekend. I think I think we'll see a Patriots team that gets surprised and uh, all the past nation uh, kind of shaking their boots when they don't see their team in Miami this year. Yeah, that, that's that's true, and we and we have the two we have two teams that are that are staying at home and watching everything this weekend. I know you paid um, particular attention to the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson. The question mm-hmm. I, I have for you know, and, and I'm going to probably be, I don't know if you're going to be down there in Baltimore this week. I'm going I'm going to make a trip down there. Um, nice. So. The question that I have for them is that people now have Lamar Jackson on tape. They've seen him, and I'm sure right. that they've that they've broken him down. You know, they've they've looked at him and all that. Do you think? I mean, and they have this. They, of course, they have this this layoff this week. How much? How much do you think that? Uh, how much do you think that teams are going to really do? Do they really have? Do you think they're going to really have Lamar Jackson's number now, or will Jackson figure out a way? The coaches said figure out a way to adjust to everybody else's adjustments because it seems like now, you know, people. If if you've seen Jackson once. It's, you know, it seemed like last year the Chargers saw Lamar Jackson the second time and pretty much kind of shut him down. What's different about Jackson this year? So let me tell you, I think every week, Chris, teams are saying what you what you just said, that they have Lamar Jackson numbered, that he won't be able to do the same the same thing each week that he did against the previous team. 
And guess, guess what, Chris? Each week he's done the same thing. Right. He always has a Lamar-esque type of play. And I think, again, remember, the Ravens get that extra week to prepare and recover. Lamar Jackson was recovering from the flu. Uh, but also remember, that offensive line, one of the best. Think about Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley. Lamar Jackson, I think if they can protect him well, it won't matter what you can do. He will still find a way to to do Lamar Jackson type of things, which is why we talk with him synonymous with MVP this season. He's shown his arm. And I think especially, I will tell you, I think Lamar, if he can get Hollywood Brown back in the swing of things, I think we haven't seen Hollywood Brown as much as we would like to. I think the Baltimore Ravens will be in Miami. But again, Lamar Jackson is going to do Lamar Jackson type of things. He's going to be able to get out um, and out of the pocket um, and make you miss and, and probably put you on a highlight tape of your ankles getting broke. But I think the only <laughs> thing Lamar Jackson has to do is protect that football. Again, if he has an error-free game and the offensive line does what they need to do, and even if it's a close game, the Baltimore Ravens have Justin Tucker who can pretty much kick from anywhere. Um, I think the, the Baltimore Ravens you know, will be back in that Super Bowl type of thing, which I think they deserve. They've had a great season. Greg Roman on that offensive side uh helping lamar jackson just do incredible things this season has just been you know fun to watch and then of course the defense uh sometimes even if lamar jackson makes a mistake the baltimore ravens defense will make you pay for it and will get him the ball back and get him back on the field yeah marcus peters Mar- Mar- yes. marcus peters was named all pro along with ronnie yeah. stanley i think marshall yonda made the uh made the second team and, Which is crazy. Yeah. Marshall Yonder should have been first team. Yeah, probably should have. And um, although, although I'm in the process, I'm with the football, pro football writers, and we're we're in the process of making our our picks, doing our picks. And I think I, I'm trying to figure out where I put. I forgot where I put Mar- uh, Marshall Yonder in terms of the All Pro uh-huh. team. But the thing is, is that uh, the I mean the uh, the Ravens defensively look good. I think the running game looks good. So. From that standpoint, I look also look on the other side of the ledger at the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs because I yes. think that's going to be the A. I believe that that will be the AFC Championship. The Chiefs beat the Ravens earlier this year, and mm-hmm. and I wonder, you know, I wonder how. I mean, I mean, do you see that scenario? How how likely do you see that scenario? And do you think that? I mean, and, and who wins that second time around? Ooh, yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's what Baltimore is preparing for, that Chiefs loss. Um, and everyone's saying, well, can they beat the Chiefs? And I think that Baltimore Ravens team has changed so much since that Chiefs loss. You talked about Marcus Peters. Once they brought in Marcus Peters this season, what difference that defense had, you know, had just has been. You have Earl Thomas, uh, Marlon Humphrey, who I don't think gets enough credit. Uh, they've been spectacular. So I think the Chiefs, I think the key to beating them in their kryptonite is a solid, spectacular Defense. So when you look at it, the Ravens have had two losses. One was to the Chiefs, and one miraculously was to the Browns. But that was a difference Ravens team then. And then since then, they hadn't lost a game, right. uh, Chris. So I think now, again, I think the Chiefs are going to see a completely different Baltimore Ravens team. Of course, the Chiefs are great, and I think we are in for a great AFC championship game. I think everyone who's anyone should be there or should be watching it. But I actually do think, I don't know, it's going to be hard to stop Baltimore. Of course, some are saying with that week off. Um, for Baltimore and you know it depends on just a lot of different scenarios Mark Ingram if he will be back to full speed um, in scenario but I do think it'll be the Chiefs offense first the Baltimore Ravens defense uh, and who plays better that game to win that game if we see them yeah I was going to say Mark Ingram Mark how, Mm -hmm. how, how much and I've heard reports that you know he was hurt and everything, but is is he back? I mean, will will he be at full strength in in, in that game in, in next because they, they play next Saturday against? I think they they play the winner of Buffalo and Houston, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, all right, they'll play that lowest seed. Right, they'll play the they'll play the lower seed. So from that standpoint, um, will Mark Ingram be back? And how, and how much how much of an influence has he been on the offense this year? It seems like he's one of the emotional leaders of that yes. offense. Yes, when you hear everyone in Baltimore, Chris, is saying big trust. That's what the Ravens have for each other, right? They trust each other. It's a true brotherhood. And Mark Ingram, he gets everybody hyped up on that sideline and in the game. He is, the Ravens reported that he is expected to practice at full speed next week. So I think that's a great sign. And he's had kind of three weeks to rest because, of course, the last regular game of the season, uh, he did not participate in that game. Um, But I think Mark Ingram is just incredible. Him and Lamar Jackson, first off, their chemistry 
Um, it's just spectacular. And when Mark Ingram does well, guess what? The Ravens are winning that game. Um, he's just an offensive powerhouse. And I think Mark Ingram, it was an emotional time for him to come to the Baltimore Ravens, of course, after what happened with the New, New Orleans Saints and all that uh, Alvin Kamara has just miraculously done. I think he's found a home with this Baltimore Ravens team. And him and Lamar Jackson have just been spectacular together. I don't know if you saw the interview, but when he got the thousand yards that Lamar Jackson had promised him, Lamar Jackson was just so emotional because that was his goal this season to just make sure Mark Ingram reached that his own personal goal. Um, but Mark Ingram, if he's back to full speed, I think any team facing the Ravens will have to watch out because he's just great. And even the running backs behind Mark Ingram are also doing well for Baltimore. So I don't know. This Baltimore Ravens team is actually very scary on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And going back to the, well, there's one thing I want to talk about. Um, Lamar Jackson had given out uh, watches, wrote a bunch of Rolex watches to his offensive line. <laughs> and someone yep. wrote the Baltimore Sun <laughs> saying... Karen, yes. <laughs> yeah, criticizing him. Well, he should give that money to charity. And I'm sure Lamar Jackson does a lot for that community, Dad. But what, I mean, what, 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 why, what was the reaction of the community, you know, after oh all that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, she, I think she became... She, I think she be, you know, she be, she was vilified on on Twitter for just basically coming after a guy. I mean, a guy is just you right. know, a young young football player having a great year. Let me tell you. So people came after Karen from the Baltimore Sun because she admittedly immediately vilified Lamar Jackson. And if you know Lamar Jackson, not only do play people like him on the field, they like him off the field. Just the all-around, just fun guy to watch. If you don't like Lamar Jackson, I really don't know how. And so Lamar did something that we see a lot of football players do. Oftentimes, many times, when your team is doing good, your offensive line or whoever that might be, they're known to give nice gifts. Right. Lamar Jackson was able to do that just saying thank you remember all that Lamar Jackson did this season was thanks to his team around him and he says that in every interview and it's just kind of known that you're supposed to I don't want to say supposed to do it but it's like an unwritten rule in the NFL now like that's what you're supposed to do it's a thank you for all you've done now let's get these wins in the playoffs and that's all and if you saw the players are just really appreciative of that and I think it just talked to Lamar Jackson's leadership she went and twisted that and tried to make him seem like a bad guy when Lamar has done so much in the community and let me tell you being here in Baltimore, he's also uplifted this Baltimore community. All of Baltimore is behind mm. Lamar Jackson. They're painting the town purple right now for Lamar Jackson. There, I mean, Lamar Jackson jerseys were sold out for weeks, Chris. That's really? what Lamar Jackson has wow. done. It was hard. People were standing in line in Canton, lines going around the building for a chance at Lamar Jackson jersey. That's wow. what Lamar has done. So, I mean, I think it was wrong of her to write that. But I also think uh, she just helped Lamar Jackson become even that more likable. Because, as you said, Twitter immediately went for her. And actually, there was another app that published recently in the Baltimore Sound with the, alter with the alternate opinion, uh, kind of like we're saying, and that Lamar Jackson did nothing wrong. Um, so I think she just tried to make a story out of nothing. Um, and I'm kind of glad that, you know, the Twitterverse reacted and uh, let her have her, <laughs> her sip of tea. Okay. <laughs> now, one more... Okay. Like I said before I before I let you go, and I want to first of all thank you for being here, but I gotta ask you one more thing. I yeah. ask you one more particular thing. Now the NFC, the Saints, Vikings, I think we said who do you like in that game? And then and then who do you expect to come out of the NFC in terms of the Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a good one. Let me tell you, I'm so excited for this game. Talk about high-powered offense. Of course, New Orleans is doing what New Orleans does. You got Drew Brees leading, you know, as the newly minted all-time passing leader. And then what he has with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, the Saints are going to be fun to watch. But on the other side, the Vikings, Stephon Diggs is just, if Stephon Diggs can get going and him and Kirk Cousins hook up, I think it's really going to be a fun game to watch. But I do think, especially after last season, I do think we will see the Saints. I, I think they're just a hard team to stop, and Drew Brees is just having a Drew Brees all-time season. Um, with the team around them, I think it's hard to count out against them in the NFC. And the NFC, so they got you with the Packers and the uh, 49ers. That's going to be – Yeah. That's going to be – The 49ers, we've seen their Achilles Hill show, so I don't think they're the same scary team at the start, at the start of the season even though I think many saw them at first going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. I think it's going to be the Saints and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. That's, that's what my, I had, Chris. That, Great minds think alike. <laughs> that, that's, that is my prediction. So, Kelsey, um, where can we find your work? Um, you know, where can we find you or, or, or in the uh, Twitterverse or, the, or, the, um, or, or, or your show? Where, where can we find you on the air? 
Sure. So online on social media on Twitter, Instagram, just the real K Nelson at the real K Nelson. My show is listening with K and N. You can go to Fox Sports Radio thirteen forty AM dot com for that. And it's also on iTunes and Google Play. And then just on Facebook and my website is Kelsey Nicole Nelson. So KelseyNicoleNelson.com dot com and looking forward to connecting with everyone. It's a fun time of the season and I look forward to seeing anybody who will be down in Miami at the Super Bowl. Okay, well, cool. Well, good. Well, look, like I say, look forward to seeing you around. And like I say, you'll be back. You'll be back on this show soon. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you for being here today, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to ninety six point one FM, nine hundred AM WRD Black Talk Media. The Chris Murray Report will be right back. Remember, in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-648-9172. 800-648-9172. 800 648 9172 That's 800-648-9172. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately... So does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. To some people, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much. But that's not necessarily true. By six months, they're combining vowels and consonants. By nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. If you're watching this on Facebook, you know you you're watching me, you know, strum because you know I'm learning how to play the guitar. And um as far as I'm concerned, I, my, one of my one of my ultimate secret fantasies was or is to be a guitar player in a funk band. And I don't know, like I say, I'm gonna have to call my man Quest Love from the Roots and see, you know, and see if I can get lessons from his guitar playing. That guy can play. Let me tell you, that boy bad. He, he's, a, he's a bad mofo. That boy can play. Anyway, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um. Want to talk? Um, I have on. I have 
about to be patched in on the phone with me, uh, John Mitchell from the Philadelphia Tribune, who is their, is their editorial writer. He's also, I've known John for a long time. He covers sports and he covers the NBA. And every now and then when I'm on social media, boy, John is really opinionated about the Philadelphia 76ers. And so because our phone lines are down today, I want to bring him in. Uh, I want to bring him, bring him in on the show today to talk some Sixers and to talk about, you know, you know, the may, and we get a time, we get any time in the year is year is social activism and sports and all that, and you know what what we expect to see. And I want to talk a little bit about, about um, Anthony Brown, Colin Kaepernick, and all that. But first, uh, John, if I could get you in here, John, are you are you are you are you with us? Yeah, I'm here, Chris. Man, this, I mean, I'm, I'm had to do this more because this sounds a whole lot better. That, it sounds a lot better doing through through the phone. But John, I gotta ask you, the Sixers lose their fourth in a row and I'm you know last year I said look you know, I'll give Brett Brown a chance you know I said okay let's see what he does this year and I look at this team they've they've lost four in a row you know where was the effort that they had on Christmas Day remember when they played Christmas Day they looked like the perfect team I mean they they ran Giannis onto the Kumbo and the Bucks out of the gym in Philadelphia, where is that team right now? Well, I, I mean, you know, when they had when they played that game, they, they were playing at home where they play well, um, and, and and they're a completely different team on the road, uh, which is inexcusable when you consider the level of talent that the 76ers have. They're just as, if not more, talented. I mean, they, they miss Jimmy Butler because yeah, he because he was more of a gal as crazy as Jimmy can be he was uh, a leader for that team they, they miss him but Brett Brown has enough quality players now where they shouldn't be getting mopped up as soon as they leave the floor shouldn't be getting mopped up with them as soon as they leave the confines of the uh, of the Wells Fargo Center you know they um it just shouldn't be happening they, uh, they they don't play disciplined on the road. They don't play very disciplined at home. They tend to beat teams on talent. Um, but if, if you look at the Sixers now, it's probably about time for them to consider parting ways with Brett Brown. Brett Brown plays a system. You know, you, you watch Joel Embiid and you wonder, is it Joel Embiid who won't go down in the post and either get an and one or a bucket late in games? Which I mean, nobody can match up with that. In the league, and you wonder is it Joel Embiid's refusal? Is he being resistant to coaching, or is that the system that Brett Brown plays? And I used to think uh, I've been of the mindset that it's 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 Brett Brown that it's it's Joel Embiid being resistant to coaching. But the more I see of it, I'm thinking that you know he Joel is playing the system, which requires him to be more of a high post center, and it's just foolish. An idiotic basketball at late junctures of the game to have him away from the basket, uh, away from the rim. I know the game has changed a lot, and I know the 76ers have more post-ups per minute or whatever per you know per per game than any other team. But that that's because they have a weapon, a potential weapon, and that weapon's not being properly utilized. That's why Charles Barkley, that's why Shaquille O'Neal were so frustrated with. The way Joel Embiid's playing, I, I think it's I think it's time. Well, I know. I mean, you know, I covered the Sixers for four years at the Enquirer, so I have a pretty good understanding of the organization. Um, and even though it's gone through some changes, it's it's time for them to move on from Brett Brown. And you know, I, I don't I don't know why that hasn't been written. Well, I talked to some people closest to the, who covered the situation, and 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 they agree with me that, was, but for some reason, people aren't writing it. Um, weak opinions. Um, but it, it, it's time for it's it's time for them to move on from him. And the reason why is you've invested. It, it's it's always easier to move the coach than it is the player. Right. You've invested you've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in Joel Embiid. You've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in in Ben Simmons, and you've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in Tobias Harris, who is, is being underutilized in the offense. You have to bring at, at this point. You you you've committed to them, right? You know. So are, are, are you going to trade them? I mean, I don't know, but it's easier to remove a coach who for. I mean, I mean, the one consistent 
consistency with the 76ers has been that they're always under Brett Brown amongst the leaders in turnovers in the league. And you see these turnovers every time you watch them in crucial games, particularly games on the road where you have to be more disciplined. You see loose passes. You see Joel pounding the ball 15, 17 feet away from the rim, and a guard comes around and steals the ball from him. I mean, they gave the Miami game away. I, I, I mean, when Joel was caught in that triple team and didn't pass the ball out, he brings the ball down low instead of just throwing the ball over to the to the, to, to the weak side where you had two people waiting for the basketball. And then you wonder why those two players, at least one of those players, didn't come and get the help get the ball out of his hands in that situation. It's just to, it's, it's, and you're not going to see any change with, with, with Brett Brown because he believes in applying the system as, a, as opposed to playing to the strengths of the players on squad. So what you have now is a team that can't be winning teams on a road. Their, their road record is abysmal for a team that has that much talent. And it, it, I don't see why people think it's going to change with Brett Brown. He's had and another thing I will say about Brett Brown. He's been, and this is almost somewhat to his defense, and it's an attack on the process. When you're a coach and you, you have spent years with coaching with no intention to win, I think that losing becomes a part of your coaching DNA. Right. And I think that's, I think that's what happened with Brett Brown. Uh, you know, people knew what was going on in Philadelphia with the intention of losing. Even the players knew what was going on. And Joel put up great, started, started putting up great numbers uh, and was clear that, you know, that, that he has immense talent. But if, if, if the coach is being asked to go from losing games or, or not being concerned with winning games to all of a sudden coaching to win tight games with elite players, you really don't have any clue or any idea of how to do that because – it's been in your DNA to just lose. Yeah. So I think that that's a residual of the process right now that's coming back to haunt them. But again, um, uh, Josh Harris has invested too much of his money in players, you know, for, for this to continue to go on. And every year, every month, every week, every month, every season that this goes on, you know, you're, you're, you're wasting your window. No, so, no um, doubt about that. And yeah. the thing that so, bothers I'm sorry. The, the thing that bothers me as I looked at the watched the game last night, watched it again. You know, I watched it a little, watched some of the reruns too. One of the things they're up early in the first half, have a big lead, and they'll do this throughout. They will, they will lead. They will have a lead going into the third or fourth quarter. Then it's gone, and it's like this. This team does not have. A good, a good killer instinct, and then two in situations where you have a lead, they're still launching threes or launching right. jump shots, and they're and, not built to play like that. Right, they're not built to play like that. They're, they're built when they when they get a lead because of their length, which everybody knows. And any team that has a six ten point guard, you know, a seven two center, you know, a, a six five off man. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot, this as long as they are, you're gonna you're gonna win the battle of the boards. You, you you need to drain the clock. You know, you can't you can't just continue to hoist threes because that plays to the advantage of a team that can't match up with you inside. You know, they can't they can't stop you, and they they, they play that way. You know, they they, they get to hoist they, they continue to hoist threes. Uh, you know, and, and that that's not their forte. Right, that's not their forte. They, at some point, you have to play to your strengths and your advantages to win games. It's that simple, you know. At some point, you have to be able to impose your will on your opposition, and they very easily should be able to do that by slowing the game down, by controlling the boards, and not jacking up threes. You know, because I, I know that's the, the new NBA is about jacking up threes, but what, I mean, you know, if, if that's a, still a shot. That you know you're going to make you know, on a good day you make 38, 39 percent of them. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's and there's the thing, but also, but but Ben Simmons becomes a liability in late games because he can't free throws. I mean, yeah. And see, this is where you talked about coaching because I think that they needed that that team. I mean, I hate to say this, but Brent Brown 
is starting to evolve into Jason Garrett of the Cowboys in football. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and that's a good, good comparison. I mean, because it, it's almost like this team is just, this team lacks a kind of a, a killer instinct. They got all talent. And they can just walk on on the court. Even I mean, Ben Simmons had triple double last night, for example. He played a wonderful game last night. Yeah, but 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 you know, but, but the thing that's missing with them, Chris, is the player development right uh, piece. You, you know, Ben Simmons is, is is I mean, he's got great talent. He's got great gifts that only guy can hand out. Right. Same thing is true. The same thing is true with Joel Embiid. But great, you know, teams have to develop. They have to. And develop some of these skills that the players are. That's why they have player personnel departments. You know, it's just like you know, how do we continue to bring out and 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 magnify the skills that these players have? How, how do you make Ben Simmons? How do you convince Ben Simmons that you you've got to work under that jump shot? You can't right. just let him disappear every summer and post videos of him playing in a gym. Demonstrating that yeah, my I hit my jumper today. You got to have somebody that the Spurs do it. You got to have somebody with them who's really working on those things. Somebody in your organization, you know, you pay you're paying him a hundred some odd million dollars, and if you, you don't have the courage to go out and put him with uh, somebody who can make him who can who can convince him to shoot a jump shot, can work with him. You know, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to become Larry Bird. No, the jump shot has to be a threat. It has to be there has to be a threat that he can pull up and you know prevent somebody from sagging on Joel. And if nothing what? else, I was going to say, John, nothing else. You know, he has to learn to hit free throws because if he's going to take yeah. it to the paint, and and you know now teams have Hacker Ben, Hacker Simmons, whatever you want to call it, they have all these things where they can just late in the game because you know he's only going to hit. Maybe one out of two, or maybe miss them both. And I've seen situations right. where he's he's missed them both. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he has to. What what I'm trying to figure out what what is the why is he so stubborn about about changing? I mean, it's almost like Brett Brown is trying to treat him with kit with with kit gloves. Like, okay, Ben, you know, it's almost like he's trying to, okay, Ben, you can do what you want and all this other stuff. Instead of just saying, look, son, you need to stay, you need to stay your butt in that gym after practice and just work on that and work on those free throws. That's something I think that he would have had had he stayed in college if he had the yeah, right coach. Well, yeah, yeah, he probably would have. I mean, some guys just can't shoot free throws. I mean, Will Chamberlain, I don't know how hard Will Chamberlain worked at his free throws, but Will, Will was so physically advanced and, and, and his game was so far, you know, 50 years into the future with the players he was playing against. Um, but, you, you know, you you have to get Ben Simmons, Simmons shooting up in the upper 60s, low 70s, and that's not impossible to do. Right. You know, if if you're committed to it, if, if somebody is really working with him, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't feel that that's being asked of him, if he's not, you know, if if he doesn't feel that that's what's being asked of him, or there's no sense of urgency placed upon him to get better, you know how professional athletes are, Chris. Man, right. they, you know, they, they they I wouldn't say they don't have a care in the world, but you know, Ben can look at his stat sheet and say, well, I'm playing pretty good. You know, they they've invested in me with this money. And you know, but, but no, that that's that's not the case. The case is that you have to say, okay, we, we we have invested this money, but now we have to make him better from a player personnel standpoint. And you just don't see that happening with the Seventy Sixers. You know, I think that um, I think that Elton Brand has done a wonderful job of bringing talent around here at this team. Right. I think I think one player that they miss is is Steeble, if I will, however you pronounce his name, because I think he's going to be a, a very good NBA player. Yeah. Um. But this team with this talent shouldn't be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. That's inexcusable at this point. Yeah. That's inexcusable. It, absolutely it is. And I think that with all the talent um, um, that they have on this team, that they should be playing a lot better. But it just seems like it's, 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 it's the, uh, the perils of both um, Joel Embiid in terms of, you know, keeping him in shape, low management, and, uh, and just – Getting this guy to understand, we had a nutritionist on a guy who does right. a nutrition show, and you know somehow 
I, I think it's it's it, the little things that I don't think Ben does. Ben do the little things to get you know to stay and keep himself in shape. I think about I think about Kawhi Leonard. I think about LeBron James, Magic, and all those players. Those guys invested in their bodies and not just rely on talent because I mean, that's why Le, right. you know LeBron James is running around here at this stage of his career, old man, and he's still playing well. Yeah, yeah, he's still the most complete player, and, and I, I mean, he's averaging eleven assists per game for crying out loud. Yeah, you know, and he's he's a he's a he's just built. He's like Rob Gronkowski playing point guard when he wants to play. Right. But he's, I mean, he's you know, LeBron is from a different planet in terms of, of athleticism. But you're right, the whole the whole Joel Embiid. Everybody said that Joel Embiid lost twenty pounds from last season, but he was clearly out of shape at the end. And how, how do you get out of shape in the, during the NBA season? You know, that's, that's another. I know he has some injuries, some knee stuff going on. But there's the exercise bike, there's diet. You know, these they're, they're dietitians. Uh, they can keep that weight off of you if the player wants to. That the player's committed to to keeping that weight off. Now, the 20 pounds he lost, and the 20 pounds he gained during the season last year. Mm. You know, he he needs he needs to come. He needs to drop 15, 20 pounds. Still, you can look at him and see. Oh yeah, that, you know that, that he's laboring, and I, I mean, obviously he's bigger than everybody on the floor, and you know I, I give him that out, but you know he's got to be committed to getting his body, and nobody can do that for you, but the player has to make that decision. Okay, you know, yeah. If the player, if the player doesn't isn't disciplined enough to make that decision, I mean, LeBron James spends a million dollars annually on his body. Okay, you know. Yeah, in as far as conditioning, trainers, right? Uh, the hyperbag, hyperbag tubes that he he recuperates in, you know that's part of the game. That is stuff that's available to you, right? You know, if, if Joel, if Joel and B really comes in in shape, I mean, people forget Joel was like two hundred thirty five, two forty max when he was playing at Kansas, and you know he's. He, he was a gazelle. He's close to two eighty. two eighty now, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, John, we got to go through the whole that thought. We got to go to the break because I want to keep you on. I want I want to talk about some other things in the world of sports and what and what we can expect as as sports and politics kind of converge. But I want to keep you on and talk about that, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to ninety six point one FM, nine hundred AM WRD, Black Talk Me. The Chris Murray Report will be right back. Tune in this Sunday at five PM for an educational show titled "Schooling" with information to help you navigate the sea of educational choice in Philadelphia with your host, Dave Hardy. In America, the zip code you're born into can determine your future. If this baby was born a couple miles away, his chances of dropping out of school skyrocket. Born five miles farther, his chances of experiencing violent crime rise. But just one town over, his chances at a healthier life improve. At The Y, our programs help all kids thrive, no matter where they're from. Support your local Y at ymca.net slash for a better us. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. a chance to dance your way out of your constrictions. That's a classic Parliament Funkadelic, Funkadelic part of the Parliament Funkadelic movement. Alright, um, one of the things that, um, as we, as we remind me of John Mitchell from the uh, Philadelphia Tribune with us, one of the things that, um, that I thought at the end of the sports year we had was, you know, of course, we have the, the social activism outside of sports. One person, if I had to, I don't know, if I, were, if I had done some person of the year articles on people in sports who've made a difference within the community, Malcolm Jenkins in the last year, I think has done a lot in this community in terms of we have a new police commissioner now. And um, I thought that, you know, he has done a lot in the community in terms of um, really participating. And I just wanted to get just just to kind of talk about that along with along with Kaepernick 
And I want to talk a little bit about Antonio Brown and compare those two situations. But I want to talk about Malcolm. What are your thoughts about what Malcolm Jenkins has brought into this community in the last year? Because you and I were both at that um, at, at that community summit that they had on the police commissioner. I, 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 I couldn't be a bigger fan of, a, of an athlete away from the field than I am of Malcolm Jenkins. I, I mean, I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of Kyle Kaepernick. Of, I love Kyle Kaepernick and what he did. Um, and even though there was some static between uh, the, the Players Coalition, which is Malcolm's organization, and and uh, Tyler Kaepernick, uh, I'm a huge fan of both. I, I, you know, when you, when you talk to Malcolm and you're not talking, Malcolm would prefer to talk social activism. Malcolm would be would prefer to talk about bailing out poor people who are in jail for low level crimes. So they can be with their families during the holidays. So a father can be a father to his children, you know, who's in who's who's just sitting up on state road uh, for because he can't raise his bail. You know, right. Malcolm Jenkins has become one of my favorite athletes. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I stopped by the last Eagles jersey I bought was uh, Deshaun Jackson because I just said, you know, every time I get a jacket, a jersey, you know, by one of these guys, they're gone. Right. You know, um, but but I'm, I'm, I'm buy, I'm, I'll buy Malcolm's jersey just because of what he stands for, what he what he does in the community. Uh, met his parents on a number of occasions, and he's genuinely concerned about making things better for not for African Americans, but also for people who are under the weight of the system, no matter what color they are. You know, he, he's he's just he's a class act. I mean, you you know how Malcolm is, man. He, yeah. he calls it the way he sees it. Uh, and, and he's just an asset as a person in in the community. He's, he's an asset. He's, he's a good human being. Right. It seems to me that it's one thing for everyone to, to say that they're woke and say that, you know, a lot of people, because it seemed like more people kind of got into the whole, it seemed like the issue between Kaepernick and Jenkins and along with Eric Reed, it seemed like that situation you know, got it, it, it kind of speak. It kind of spoke to a bit of, of a divide amongst activists these days as to I don't know to continue the protests or to try to do something proactively. Am I am I looking at it in, in, in that kind of way? And in in, in, am I looking at it in, in, in a different way? Or how, I mean, I mean, how, how do you see how, how did that debate evolve over the years? Well, I mean, you know, a, a lot. The, the, a lot of us. And our community are always, you know, you know, because we're so put upon, you know, we we're always looking for if one person does something that we disagree with it, we our our, our default is to call that person a traitor, right? Um, you know, and, and you, you look at the differences that Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had, uh, but but though you know, and and they were played up uh, in the media. But the men, was, at the end of the day, the men were fighting to end a system of oppression and dehumanization that has been alive and thriving since 1619. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, black people can't afford to get involved in the minutia that is created to divide us. You know, we, right. if anybody should should know that lesson, no one should know that lesson better than black people. Um, and, and when you have a situation where you have a player like uh, young men in the NFL, young men who all have good intentions, mind you, who have good intentions, uh, but they're, they're, they're brought up as athletes. They are placed on a pedestal because of what they can just. Yeah, athletics and entertainments are the only arenas where black men will be placed on pedestals and be valued for what they and it's seen as equal and valued for what they bring to the arena. And no other arena will that happen because white America is hedonistic in its desire to be entertained, in its desire to see athletic performance, and its desire to see entertainment. And, you know, those, you know, people like Martin Luther King, people like uh, Malcolm, they're, they're always pitted against one another. But at the end of the day, the, the goal is always the same. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's goal was never anything else. It wasn't about being anti-patriotic because what could be more patriotic 
right. and wanting to prevent the government assassination or sanctioned assassination of citizens than protesting police brutality. Right. You know, what else can be more patriotic and more American and more democratic than that? Right. Absolutely nothing. But America and its DNA is there's this racism that if African-Americans take that position, well, we've got to knock it down because we can't possibly be the race, racist monsters that we're being labeled as. That can't possibly be us. So we'll label it as anti-American, as anti-military. And amazingly, you can get hundreds of millions of people to fall behind and, and walk in and, and, and follow that trope because yeah. they'd rather deal. They, they'd rather things to remain the way they are with black people oppressed, uh, with black people systematically oppressed and education and opportunities than they would in, in dealing with it and make America live up to what it's supposed to be. Right. And see, that's good. And that's the thing that, you know, when I look at this whole debate and I see it on social media, I see it on Twitter and all that, because, you know, our good our, our, our good mutual colleague, Mike Freeman, brought up the fact that um, the whole thing with Antonio Brown. And we got and I got to kind of end the show on this note a little bit. But, you know, Antonio Brown gets a tryout and everything. And they talked about the circus that Kaepernick would cause. And it turns out, you know, Brian, I mean, Brown, you know, is bring, brought about a circus with, they told him not to bring an entourage. He brings an entourage. And yet they're willing to give him a chance. But right. Kaepernick, they can't, you know, Kaepernick, you know, when they tried to come up with a phony workout that had all types of stipulations that would have hurt Kaepernick in the end and everything, you know, they, you know, people... And it's amazing the racism and the excuse that people come up with. Yeah, I mean, I mean let's be quite honest. You know, with all due respect, Antonio Brown is clearly uh, psychologically and emotionally traumatized. You right. Know, if, if, if he's clearly, but that's it's okay to be that traumatized black athlete um, who has trauma. It's not okay to be that black athlete who has a passion for justice and equality in white America. That's it's, true. It's because you, you, you're, the, the mindset is that we'll let Antonio, and God, I hope Antonio Brown gets some help because he's the best wide receiver on, on the planet. But he's traumatized, you know, and, and how many black athletes have we seen who are traumatized as a result of societal functions? But for a guy like Colin Kaepernick, you know, it just shows you how far America has to come for a guy who just wants America to live up to what it pretends to be. Right. Freedom, justice and equality for all. That's what that's what that's what Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I, I distinctly remember. Yeah. Colin, hey, John, the, John, John, I got to cut you short. Man. You, okay. you, you're kidding. Me, but we got to go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us this week. And uh, hopefully we will have the phones and you'll be able to call in next week. That. Have a great evening, everybody. Happy New Year. Bye. The Sweet Treat Hut is the highest rated juice bar in Philly, located on the corner of 50th and Thompson Streets, providing delicious, healthy vegan food, juices, and smoothies. Treat yourself to a cup of happiness. Call 215-877-1471. Want the latest in word swag? Check out the shop tab on wordradio.com. Hoodies, tees, and more in a variety of colors. The shop tab on wordradio.com. Show the world that you're all about black. Talk media. In America, the zip code you're born into can determine your future. If this baby was born a couple miles away, his chances of dropping out of school skyrocket. Born five miles farther, his chances of experiencing violent crime rise. But just one town over, his chances at a healthier life improve. At the Y, our programs help all kids thrive, no matter where they're from. Support your local Y at ymca.net slash for a better us. My dad came to live with us last month and, you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. 
For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. FM and 900 AM WURD, Philadelphia, independent black media. The views and opinions expressed by the guests, listeners, and hosts of any program on Word Radio do not necessarily reflect those of ownership, management, or advertisers of this station. in the morning 